1: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus.
0: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. We've got another great program today. We're going to be talking about finding spirit within the everyday experiences of our lives, and that's the best place to find spirit because that's where we are, right? every day in our lives. So uh, we'll be getting going on that in just a minute with my guest. And I want to thank you um, again all for liking the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. It's great to get those likes and to uh, get your posts. Thank you also for emailing me, for letting me know what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. And also, it's great, you know, our audience is growing. We're glad that you're letting people in your recovery community, your unity community, your other spiritual communities, your friends, your families, everybody know about what's happening here. On the Spirit of Recovery, because we've got lots of great topics, lots of great guests. We're always talking about what's important to the recovery community, and the recovery community is a broad array of people and issues, and it's all about uh, finding that place of spirit in our lives, about moving out of those behaviors, those attitudes that don't work and coming into that spirituality that we know does work and brings quality to our lives and to the lives of everybody around us and to our world. So um, every day, you know, we're bringing you every week, we're bringing you information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know, you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can go to stitcher.com. You can download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. You can listen live, obviously, via your computer, via your smartphone. Um, you can We're on iTunes. Uh, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can go there, ask it to play Unity Online Radio on TuneIn. And we've got lots of great podcasts. So you can go to UnityOnlineRadio.org program, Spirit of Recovery, and there's incredible uh, topics there that you can listen to at your own leisure in the comfort of your home and just get lots of great information and lots of great inspiration. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're somebody that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the friend or a family member of somebody, that 's got the disease of addiction. You are welcome here, and I want you to know too that family members and friends have their own recovery process so um, recovery is for everybody and uh, it's it's again it's all about finding that place of uh, your own spirituality, finding the richness and the empowerment in your life. so everybody's welcome here. You may also be somebody that is simply uh, curious about recovery, wants to learn more about it. You're welcome here. So if you've got a comment or a question for my guests on our topic for the day, we'd be happy for you to email that in or call it in, and we will certainly address it. Also, I want you to know that if you would like to support UnityOnlineRadio.org, it is a nonprofit endeavor. If you want to financially support this radio station, it supports Spirit of Recovery and the many other great programs that are on Unity Online Radio. You can do that. Simply text Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can make a one-time or an ongoing contribution. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor. I'm also a person that is in long term recovery as a family member. And uh, 35 years ago, the relationships in my life uh, propelled me into uh, taking a look at myself and getting into my own process of recovery. And I am so grateful for that because it changed my life. And uh, my life has, since that time is an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. And it has made all the difference. It's made an incredible life possible for me. And I didn't know that that was ever going to happen. So, so I am delighted to be able to share these ideas with you to bring you great guests and to find out what's happening for you as you share it, what's going on for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, we're talking about the topic, as I said earlier, um, finding spirit within the everyday. And, um, you know, that's really what creates recovery because as we are in our experiences. And that's where we really got to look for spirit because that's where we are and that's where spirit is. It's not necessarily about going off and having some amazing uh, way out experience. It's about how in the moment can I find gratitude? How in the moment can I find love? How in the moment can I find joy? That's in the simplicity. That's what energizes us to keep growing. So my guest today is uh, Reverend Lori Durgan and Lori is the spiritual director at Karen Renaissance Treatment Center in Florida, and she's also the associate minister at Unity of Delray Beach, Florida. Um, Lori is also a person in long-term recovery. She has been my guest uh, here on Spirit of Recovery before, and she has lots of great stuff to share with us. She's got a wonderful experience and background, both in her own personal uh, recovery walk and her spirituality walk and also in how she supports people in early recovery and people in the Unity community in making their personal connection with spirit in their everyday lives. So uh, she's going to be sharing with us about that today and uh, giving us some really great insights and some inspiration and some pointers for how we can walk that spirituality walk in every part of our lives. You can learn more about Lori and about her work if you go to Karen, that's C-A-R-O-N dot org slash locations slash renaissance. Um, You can learn about her work there. You can also go to org, and you can learn about Lori there and what she does in that capacity. So, Lori, welcome back to Spirit of Recovery.
2: Hi, Anna. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. Good to be here.
0: So glad that you're here. Thank you. So,
2: yeah, we were just, just really
0: grateful that you're here. So, Lori, I know that uh, one of the things that you do. And, uh, at Karen and your role as the spiritual director there at the treatment center is that you work with people, a lot of times people who are young in young adulthood, to try to help them find their spirituality. And that's not an easy job. It's not. Tell,
2: tell us some, a little bit about that. How do you get that going? You know, it's very interesting because we just had this discussion the other day. It's, We probably at this point right now have 60 patients in-house and probably over half of them have had very little exposure to spirituality growing up, some none. And so this is a really um, wonderful work to be able to, you know, create a space, an open space for them to discover that there is possibly something there within them all around them that will help them and um, it's funny on your topic it's just such a beautiful topic because we had discussed the other day we had a patient-led group where they I chose six patients to lead um, for an hour on a specific topic and they chose just many paths you know finding your own path your open path to spirituality and there was a lot of discussion on Well, I don't really know what God is. I don't even know what spirituality is. But this morning I got up and I had to go to morning mobility, which is exercise that we're required to do. And I hate doing that. But I got up and I went and I decided that I would try to find something good. And he said, I looked up and there was a double rainbow in the sky. And that was an opening for him because he thought, what? That wasn't there a minute ago. I looked up, and there it is. And, and for him, it was an opening that, you know, maybe if I start just looking for something good, I'm going to find it. You know, and that was like a really beautiful share to me. Another girl said, you know, um, yeah, we had garbage duty this weekend, and it, you know, it's like the worst duty ever, so we decided that we'd go out and on Sunday afternoon and pick up all the garbage, and we had all this garbage, and we ran out of um, arm space and there was so much trash everywhere and then all of a sudden this bag came floating right to us it was like so this this, this opening for this girl she said it was like I needed something and I, I thought oh god I need this and it just came and so for her that was and you know everyone started laughing but that was a beautiful moment for me because both of those shares was an opening it was like maybe there's something good for me because so many of us come to recovery in this way of life thinking there there can't possibly be anything good inside of me or ahead for me, and just a teeny opening like that is enough
0: right that's. That's really beautiful, you know, because I I love what you're saying, Lori, about the idea that spirituality uh, can be just as simple as seeing something good, just noticing around you that something good is going
2: on. Seeing something good. You know, I had a patient that um, also coming from the same kind of background, and he was as far as not having a lot of spiritual dimension and even perhaps having a little, you know, Uncomfortable Memories of Childhood religions And he asked, he said, I just found this reading. And he said, I, I want to share it because he said, I think this could be my higher power. And I, the reading was on love. And it was, our potential to love is real and somehow not destroyed. No matter what we experience, all of the mistakes we might make, all of the times that we are caught in reaction, all of the times we have caused pain, all of the times we have suffered, throughout everything, our potential to love remains intact and pure. And he said, you know, I, I have that because after all of those things that I've been through, I still love. And, and he said, that can be my higher power, can it? Can love be my higher power? And I thought, that's so beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, what you're saying, and I know probably for the last several years there's been a lot of talk about this idea of spiritual but not religious, and different people have different reactions to that. But it sounds like maybe with the people that you're working with, that might be a very helpful idea, or that they made themselves maybe just dis- drawing some distinctions about that, their spirituality. They're trying to find something that's yeah, meaningful but Could this them. be
2: it? Could this be it? Could love be it? Could beauty be it? Could my needs being taken care of be it? To me, that's yes, yes, and yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's no different mm-hmm. than, for me, what Jesus taught. You know, that just, to me, it's offering a very... Ex- place, a very broad open door. And right. you know, that's important in my work, to create a safe space where there's an opening. Where, you know, if someone says, could this be it? I just love that someone is asking, could this be it? Which means they're looking, they're seeking. And for me, spirit, you know, if we're seeking, we're going to find because we're seeking, because it's right there.
0: Right, absolutely,
2: so what happens for people
0: when like that when they start having? because you're working with people that are in treatment right, so they're right. in very early recovery early recovery. and um right and um so what's happening for them uh when they start having these openings? How does that change things for them, or does it what happens I
2: think it can it can go. You know, either way, I think it, it provides an opening. I think a lot of times when we're early in recovery, so often we are coming from such a place, we're just full of shame, regret, sadness, guilt, loneliness. And so, you know, it's that idea that how could there possibly be any anything inside of me that's beautiful or good or filled with light and I tell the patients every Sunday or every Friday when I'm there and Sunday when I'm at residence that you know the fact is and this is my spiritual belief that you're never going to be more spiritual than you are in this moment because of who you are you are a spiritual being you may be disconnected from it our addictions pretty much rob us from an ability to feel a connection with something greater than us but You have it. So your work is just the the uncovering. So the spiritual group that we do on Fridays all week long, they're in their primary groups. They're in their therapeutic groups. They're in their trauma groups. They're in their, um, you know, they're different groups. And I say that is spiritual work also, you know, that is your uncovering. You know, that's your identifying, okay, what is this? You know, we can't remove it or fix it or heal it if we can't look at it, you know. And so I try to teach them that or show them, even in like with examples of my own life and my own recovery, that um, spirit has always been there. God has always been there. Spirit's always been there. Love has always been present. The beauty has always been there, but we can't see it no i one of i often I love to tell stories because stories are very helpful and there 's a really beautiful story about two dogs that walk into the same room together, and a woman is standing to the side observing what 's going on. They walk into this room and they don 't come out for about a half hour and After a half hour, both the dogs come out one dog comes out tail wagging all happy. You know, just looking like just total joyous, and the other dog is comes out growling with his hair sticking up, looking so angry. And the woman thinks, "What on earth could be in that room that would cause two dogs to come out so completely different?" And so she decides to go into the room herself. And she goes into a room, and it's full of mirrors. So the happy dog saw a thousand happy dogs, and the angry dog saw a thousand angry dogs. So to that point, I try to tell my patients that we have to clear what's inside so that we can start seeing the double rainbows and the bag and the love, you know, and the joy. That But it's like a perception. It's kind of like I heard somebody once say that our spiritual work is like an inner window washing. You know it helps us to finally be able to see what's really been there all the time. So a lot mm-hmm. of times for me with with the patients, it's a perception. it's a perception. So with the time that I have with them on Fridays for an hour and a half, we talk a lot about that, that you're perfectly capable but you know to of experiencing and connecting with this beauty, but you know you've got you've got to clear out the pain. The unforgiveness, you know, the anger, the shame, the fear, whatever it is that's keeping you from being able to connect with with yours, you know. Right. So you're
0: making a really important point there, Lori, that the connection uh, between really what's happening for us psychologically and what's happening for us spiritually because uh, you can't get a spiritual bypass right yeah, you have to you have to deal with yourself for sure
2: that's yeah. what to me that's what you know the 12 steps are all about I mean that to me you know I very often you know suggest to patients you know the 12 steps are very is is a they are a spiritual path you know that's the work that combines you know, to me, everything, you know, in in the 12-step program. So, you know, that's the uncovering. That's taking a look at where we've been. But I also try to remind the patients that, you know, what we've done is not who we are, and that's a big piece. It was a big piece for me because I... You know, I so identified the events in my life, the things that where my addiction had taken me that were so painful, so embarrassing, so shameful. They're not who I was. They're what I did. And that can change. You know, I can change my behaviors. Who I am has always been, you know, it's like I've always been a child of God. We are who we are, just that when we become addicted or we're in an addictive cycle or an addictive family or the child of an alcoholic or the, you know, the spouse of an alcoholic, we get in that addictive cycle and, um, you know, it just all consumes us. So, you know, to me, that work is the uncovering. It's, 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 you know, so that I can finally see, oh, my God, I'm more than this. You know, a lot of the patients feel like they can't see that there's any more to them than their addiction, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my I feel like my job is to help them see that there's so much more. You know, one of the things that I... Another beautiful, very safe spiritual practice to me is, you mentioned it in your opening, is gratitude. You know, um, is I um, give... Every patient, when they're new, I give them a little notebook, a little pocket notebook, and I say, you know, every night, five things that you're grateful for. And in the beginning, this is really hard for them. But the more they do it, the easier it gets. And I try to, you know, help them to see that. You know, instead of focusing on what you don't have, because we do that, especially when we're early recovery and when we're in treatment, is that, you know, we're so busy focused on what we've lost, what we don't have, what we're not in touch with, whether it's the, the loved one that, you know, we so want to talk to that we are isolated from or our family pet that we can't be with or a loved one that we've lost. Oh, so many of us have lost you know, friends and addiction. So whatever it is that, you know, sometimes we're so focused on what we don't have that we're not looking at what we do have. And so that's a really beautiful spiritual practice It's just taking, I you know, I'm a part of an online group. Every, you know, um, every day we text each other the 5Gs, you know, what we're grateful for. Mm
0: -hmm. It's a beautiful
2: way to start the day or end the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we have instead of what we don't have because we all have so much
0: absolutely yeah so it's like like you're saying it, a lot about spirituality is simply making that connection into uh, the goodness within yourself and, and the goodness that you're experiencing around you and, the, and that gratitude is a wonderful way to bring that to mind to make it yes. count
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it—you know—I say, you know, it could be—it could be something so simple, you know, if it's just what that you have. I mean, for, you know, a bed to sleep in, you know, someone who loves you, um, a beautiful sunrise, um, a rainbow, hope, um, breath—just the ability to breathe—that you're safe. You know, I mean, some of the things that we just totally take for granted. Um, that you have a family member that still loves you or that you have a friend who hasn't forgotten you or that, you know, or that you have a God that you realize loves you, has always loved you. You know, some of the patients do come in, you know, with um, kind of an awareness that, well, I used to have a God, I just don't have it anymore. But you do have it. You've always had it. You just haven't, you know, a lot of times... I find that, you know, that there's a belief um, in God of their hearts, but they just feel like they're unworthy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my work is also reminding patients that there isn't anything that you could ever do. God cannot not love. God is love. It's us who choose not to accept that. To punish ourselves without
0: even realizing it, I think often we do that. Right now, Lori, in your own recovery story, you maybe in a way had an had an experience of that of of having had a real strong spiritual life, and then the disease of addiction uh, really affected your life for a while, and then and then you came back into your spirituality. I
2: did. So, yeah. Would you tell us a little bit about that? I would how? be happy to. Right. So yeah. I grew up in Unity. I um I my mother brought us to Unity when I was a teenager, and um, I was a YOUer, a youth of Unity, and I grew up in, in beautiful Unity philosophy and teaching, and um, until I was about, um, you know, I want to say eighteen or nineteen, and. Um, you know my life between the ages of 18 to 25 um was a really dark time and i how can i say this i would like all of us most of us that i know of you know would go back to um my prayer life when i was in trouble but my addiction took me to a lot of dark places and a place of shame and guilt and such sadness that it was really hard for me like I said, to connect with anything good. And um, I would, you know, the, some call it the foxhole prayers, you know, when I was in a bad time, you know, kind of to say, oh, please, God, please help me. And I won't do this anymore, but I never, you know, it wasn't, dear God, take this from me and help me surrender and help me want a new way of life. It was just kind of those, um, you know, bargaining prayers with God, and um, I, I just, I had such a hard time trying to understand how my life had gone from, you know, I, I have such fond memories of being at Unity Village and, and um, being a YOUer and, you know, how did this happen to me? Today I understand, you know, how it happened. Uh, it's the disease of addiction, um, but I do believe, you know, there is one who has all power that one is God, may you find him now. I, you know, um, I'm one of those people that truly believes that my own um, process of addiction was another beautiful awakening in my spiritual life. Um, I had a cancer experience that was also another a beautiful path for me. And I'm one of those people that identifies is, is you know, grateful. Um, because I feel like, you know, this path of addiction was a beautiful um, place of awakening and and deeper understanding for me Um, Mm -hmm. and and deeper work. You know, it never stops either. You know, this is one thing I tell the patients because they have this idea that, isn't it going to be good when we finally arrive? Well, I said, I always like to say, pray that you never arrive, that you're always seeking and that you're always speaking and changing, you know, and always growing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I feel like I do understand that God never left me. I mm-hmm. unplugged. Um, and, you know, the disease of addiction was had such a grip over me. Um, but I, you know, I had family members who were there for me and reached out and said, when you're ready for help, we'll be there. And, um, and I got help. And <laughs> funny enough, I uh, I spent some time in um, a treatment facility and in a woman's halfway house. And um, there was a van at the halfway house. And one Sunday, they said, well, we'll take you to church. There's a church around the corner. Uh, it's called Unity. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that um, was... Unity of Delray Beach. And that was in 1985. And here I sit in my office at Unity of Delray Beach. So, um, this is where I got reconnected with the God of my heart, the love of my life. And, um, this is where, you know, another beautiful phase of my life began and continues. So I reconnected with God here at Unity. And, uh, Started teaching, volunteering teaching Sunday school in April of 1985. <laughs> and just um, kept walking and kept working my, my own personal program and, um, you know, actually grew up here in this church, Anna. You know, I right. I got married here, my children were christened here, and now I have two 20-year-old children that were also YOUers here at this church. So,
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah. It's a you know, thank you. That's I um it's just another um moving story for me and uh, of how God works and how things are so everything makes sense. It doesn't always make sense when you're in the middle of it, but when you look back on it you're going like, "Oh my goodness, look at that." Right.
2: Yeah. And I feel like there's just even, you know, the, you know, a beautiful quote. I don't quite know who said it, but it's, you know, sometimes you look back in your life and realize that the most darkest times, seeming darkest times, were actually the most beautiful because they were when you were really turning, when you were really moving, when you were really awakening. And that's, that's been um, that's been true in my own life. And that's why I feel like it's my responsibility to help those who are in those dark times to remind them that there is light And a double rainbow is a light. (laughs) And a bag flying through the air in your hand just when you need it is a light. You know, and realizing that you have love to everything in your life that you still have the capacity to love is light. You know, that's hope to me. And if there's just a little bit of hope, that's enough. And I feel like, you know, it's my responsibility to assure, you know, the patients that I work with, and, and the and the people that I work with here at the church, and members of the church, that you know, absolutely nothing is impossible for God for Spirit, mm-hmm. provided you're open. You know, we can stop our good. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, I need. To, that's one of my prayers is to always remain open, open minded. You know, and that's what I encourage the patients to be open. So I'm, this is why I'm always like a big cheerleader when I hear, you know, one of the patients, I remember last year, who really had, again, no idea of what what or who God could be for him. He, I said, just sit in your porch in your apartment and just in the morning or nighttime, whenever it is good time for you, and just say, who are you to me? You know, I think that's always a good question. Like, who are you? Who are you to me, God? Help me to... Just be and, and know you and just be open. And and in this moment, this young man said a duck started walking to him. And the next time I saw him, he said, can my higher power be a duck? Because I asked who you are, and this duck came to me. And every morning, this duck comes to me and just sits and looks at me. I <laughs> said, you know, God is in all things. I said, how did you feel when that duck came walking to you? And he, and he said, you know, I, I feel like... Something was trying to tell me that they love me and I was going to be okay. And I said, mm-hmm. yes, That's a higher power. Absolutely. But that starts within you. That power is in you.
0: Right. Thank you. It's time for our break. Okay. And thank you, Lori, for what you're sharing with us. Thank you for you're your so enthusiasm welcome. and, yeah, your heart. So, uh, listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back. Stay with us here on Spirit of Recovery.
1: And more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living Life Coaching with Carla.
3: Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you, who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And our topic today is finding spirit within the everyday. My guest is Rev. Lori Durgan, and Lori is the spiritual director at Karen Renaissance Treatment Center, and she's also the associate minister at Unity of Delray Beach, Florida. And Lori's also a person in long-term recovery. And she's sharing with us today about um, the work that she does with people in early recovery in uh, treatment about finding their spirituality and about what enthuses her and what she shares with others about um, finding that God's presence in everyday life and those pr- wonderful practices of gratitude and love and uh, joy. And, uh, and that that's that authentic spirituality. You can learn more about Lori and what she does if you go to uh, www.caron and that's c a r o n slash locations slash renaissance. You can also learn more about her work if you go to unityofdelraybeach.org. org, and you can learn more about her and what she does um, in those two capacities. So before I get back to my conversation with Lori about finding spirituality in the everyday, I invite you to join me for a brief serenity minute for just a moment to share a constructive idea, and to spend a moment in the quiet. So I invite you to relax, to feel that presence and power of God within your body temple, to let go from the crown of your head all the way through your body temple. Be aware of your breath as it comes in and goes out, and allow yourself to be aware of your heart and all the love that's there. And share with me this constructive idea. I let myself feel... The goodness that I am. I let myself notice the goodness in my life. I let myself feel the goodness that I am. I let myself notice the goodness in my life. And now we take a moment in the quiet. friends for joining me in the Serenity Minute. I trust that that was an opportunity for you to relax, to make that conscious contact with the goodness that you are. And just a simple little practice like that uh, can certainly open up those channels. So now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Reverend Lori Durgan. And uh, Lori, again, thank you for your enthusiasm and for the, the Joy that you bring to living and the joy that you share with all the people that you work with um, at Karen at the treatment center and also at the church. And um, you were sharing with us um, this idea, you know, about um, the one of the folks there finding that his higher power could higher power could maybe even be a duck because it brought him that sense of being cared about. And so, uh, whatever happens in life. It can talk to us, right? And you've got a favorite saying about what your life is. Would you share that with us?
2: Well, I, you know, I I don't know if you, what specific saying that you're thinking of about your about your guru. Oh, that absolutely. So yeah. I have this quote that actually sits on my desk, and it says, "In the end." You are your own best guru. Your life is your guru. As you need them, special individuals may appear to help you find the road that leads to the road, but these are not your only teachers. Everything that happens to you is your teacher. The secret is to learn to sit at the feet of your life and be taught by it. So Mm. I do... I'm, I have another prayer that I always like to pray, and that's just change no circumstances in my life, dear God, change me. Because I feel like, you know, my job is to, you know, learn from every experience of my life, regardless of what it looks like or feels like, that um, it's my, and I can find good in it um, if I choose to. Or I can find the need to, um, look at myself and change me. I mean, oftentimes things have happened in my own life say, as wake-up calls to say, hey, you know, you need to look at this or um, maybe not this path, <laughs> whatever it may be. That This is what I, you know, we're always learning. So, you know, even some of the most painful events in my life have been, you know, great teachers. You had an experience of cancer, you said, that called you to some deeper work. I Would did. Can you share with I us did. about that? I will, because it was, a, it was a really big moment in my life. Because I think many of us, when, um, and I say many of us because I've talked to others about this very thing, that we get, um, we change our lives. I got sober, and I, and I thought, I can do this as long as life goes really well but if, if anything really big happens i just don't know if i can i don't know if i can do this and um in 2003 um, i was diagnosed with breast cancer and i was alone in the doctor's office when i got that diagnosis and i it was interesting i sat there and i took a deep breath and i went oh this is this is one of those moments you know and and i suddenly just took a deep breath and realized that I just wanted to go home. I wanted to have a cup of coffee. I wanted to be with my family. I wanted to call my sponsor. I wanted to get, you know, I wanted to do all the things that I had, someone had taught me that I needed to do to take care of my recovery. And that, you know, that was first things first. And I remember leaving the doctor's office and feeling frightened and overwhelmed, getting in my car, got to my house, but then I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my car. I was just, I was crying, and I had two young children, and I thought, my goodness, I can't go in like this. So I sat in the car for a minute, and I just said a prayer. And I looked up in the sky, and there is a wonderful man who lives in Boca Raton, Florida, who has an airplane, and he writes in the sky. He writes little messages every once in a while. Well, I didn't realize it, but in that moment, he was above my house, Hmm. And he wrote right above my house, God loves you. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that was one of those moments where, you know, I'm really grateful that I was paying attention because that was a moment for me. I knew I was going to be okay. And that was such a gift. And those moments just happened throughout my cancer progress, in my, you know, the whole path. I mean, I was pretty, um, I was pretty sick for about a solid year and a half and went through, you know, chemotherapy and radiation. And through that whole process, I remember, and I share this often with people who've gone through that, that, you know, my minister, Nancy Norman, said, you lay down and you just bless every treatment you have as liquid God and the light of God because there is no spot where God is not, that God is in everything, everywhere. And so she said, you place God every, in everything and everywhere in your thoughts. And, you know, that was powerful for me. And I've used that helping other people who have gone through that, you know, or going through, you know, chemotherapy or radiation therapy or surgeries and, and just knowing that, um, that to trust God within to heal you and that you're just going to get all kinds of, you know, outer reminders about that. And so that's how that was. For me, and it just pushed me into a deeper, such a deep gratitude for my recovery. And I had this realization that, you know, um, it was it was very emotional for me. It was like, I want if I leave this plane and go to the next one, I'm going to be sober. And um, it just. It was just another event in my life that just deepened my my love of my God, my love of my family, my deep love of the gift of sobriety and recovery.
0: Right. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. It was just another, and I I share that when I can because you just never know when God's going to give you a message. <laughs> in the sky, you know, who would think, Um, you know, we get those messages all the time. For me, you know, sometimes it's a butterfly or a feather, you know, but I feel like we just need to pay attention. We need to open our eyes and and just open a door and consider that we are being spoken to.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it sounds like that, Maybe this experience that you have with cancer made you even more and more aware of that—that that, that God's always talking, God's always there,
2: always talking, and and sometimes we're, when we least expect it, from the people we least expect it from. I mean, I've gotten messages from people in the grocery store. Um, you know, I've gotten messages from strangers on the street that someone I didn't know that just random says something to me um, or, you know, in a piece of paper that crosses my desk, um, you know, in a song that comes on the... It just It's it's just, I feel like Spirit, God is always speaking. But just my, my problem is sometimes I'm not listening. And so my prayer is often just help me to hear and see you which goes to what you were saying, you know, your topic for today is that spirit is always with us and always moving in and through us and all around us.
0: Absolutely.
2: Hard to Lord. feel it and see it when we're in the depths of our addiction or in a family yeah. system where it's so present.
0: What makes it hard to, That um, may sound like, I don't know, kind of a goofy question, but I guess what I'm getting at is what, what shuts off our awareness and what opens it?
2: I don't, You know, I can speak for myself. Um, You know, I can speak, you know, for myself in as much as that, um, you know, I can turn it off when I am in a place of what I call self-will one riot, when I decide that I'm going to do this or this is the only way or when I am unwilling to open and we can do that. That cuts me off from that, you know, Um, my fears, um, you know, my um, unforgiveness, um, my... um, Shame, embarrassment—you um, know—I mean, I think those are all things that can kind of close me off. Um, today, I can say in my own life, gratefully, through um, my program of choice and my teachings here at Unity, and um, from my silver supports and my sponsors, that I think I've come to a place in my life where when I do close myself off, um, it hurts. <laughs> you know, when I stop, I mean, I I think that um, it just, it comes quicker. Gosh, I, this doesn't feel good. I, I need to make a change. You know, so I'm grateful for that. Um, or, you know, I have a fall, <laughs> you know, or something happens that gets my attention. But I think that, you know, what closes us off, what stops me from seeing is, you know, my own. Unwillingness, or my fear, mm-hmm. um, or the the idea that you know, and for and, and sometimes it, you know, if we get into hopelessness, or we just think that there's no other way, or you know, um, but I really, my own experience has been that you know, prayer works, the steps work, we have a solution. You know, for anything like that in our life, we have a solution. I mean, for me, often it's dropping to my knees and saying, you know, take this from me. You know, I, I love um, the idea that a prayer can be one word. You know, help. hmm You know, um, just that. So, you know, we're, I mean, I, it is true, I'm my own worst enemy. But I can stop that right away. You know, so that's just a great right. experience.
0: Jira, I think, yeah, like in the moment, you can make a choice to just say, help, Like as you said, that's enough, or, you know, just take one little turn toward your spirituality, toward your higher power. <laughs> Even a word of gratitude, and that opens yes. up, as you said, opens up the spot, right? Opens up some space. I,
2: I had an experience the other day that just was, like, so funny. I was driving in South Florida. It was very busy, and I was just, someone had cut me off, and I was just fit to be tied. And, you know, how it was just like I was, like, you know, stewing in it, and, you know, I was just, like, really letting it take over in me. And I got to the stoplight, and I looked in front of me, and there was a car in front of me with a bumper sticker that said, pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yeah. So you know, just right there, like I'm. I was so grateful. I was like, "Yes, breathe, pray, let it go. This is not serving you." You know, um, there was you know, but it's just like again, it's just that's the light. You know, it's just like there's Thank you, God, for that opening. But I just that spirit's always speaking when you least expect it. You know, just like on a bumper sticker, wherever it comes. And um, I just, like I said, I just can't say that enough. It's just, you know, I just need to have clear eyes to see. And right. um, I, so I try to remind the patients there's always something beautiful. Always. But, you know, in early recovery, we have to practice looking for that. You know, we're pretty used to um, the poor me, And mm-hmm. in our addictions, we would much rather look at what we don't have because that's a good excuse to hurt ourselves, you know, but we can't afford that in recovery. So I really feel like we have to work at that. We have to practice looking for the good. I mean, you know, growing up in unity, I mean, that's, you know, been really a part of my life growing up in unity and certainly, but um, it's, it's not always easy in the beginning to look for something good. It's a good practice. Five Gs, five things every day to be grateful. Mm-hmm. And the more you write and the more you see, the more you see that you have. It just grows.
0: Absolutely. You know, Laura, you um, recently um, helped to lead a spiritual retreat for recovering people would you share with us a little bit what happens on a spiritual And everything is different. Anyone could be very different. But but what are some of the kinds of things that uh, happened on that spiritual retreat? Or what do you
2: do? So this was um, the retreat that I, I've helped with several retreats. We do um, retreats here in Florida, like one-day retreats, so I can talk to that as well. The one you're referring to is I went up to... Uh, Oh, the beautiful woods up in Pennsylvania, and the, it was actually at a, um, a scout camp, and it was a weekend retreat where the participants stayed in cabins, and, um, you know, we had, um, we had, you know, four different groups. One was a group, spiritual, you know, tapping into um, spirituality through music. One was um, um, a group on forgiveness, um, contemplative prayer and forgiveness. Um, There was another group on um, spiritual journaling and reaching our higher powers through journaling. And I facilitated a group. um, We did um, really looking at our differences, finding awareness in the stranger, and we used a process called Soul Collage, which is a creative process that I like to do where um, you search for, we had at literally hundreds of images all over the floor of people. And um, we asked them to walk around and select an image of something that spoke to them and then journal about it and speak to it. You know, what are you, what are you learning from this image? It's a really beautiful um, process. We use that with the patients here as well. And um, so, and then intermix, inter, you know, intertwined in that, we did, um, you know, nature walks. Um, we had time in the silence. You know, there was time to eat together and it was time to pray together. And then at the closing we did um, a burning bowl ceremony where everyone um, wrote down someone or something they needed to let go of. And it was written on a flash paper like a magician would use. So you wrote it on a flash paper and then we had a big bowl with the fire in it and they just dropped that paper in and then that paper disappeared. And then they went back to their chairs and wrote a prayer ribbon, an affirmation on a ribbon that they took that with them. So, you know, spiritual retreats are really wonderful because it's nice to just get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life and just really, you know, focus on spirit and recovery. So it was a combination of, you know... um, You know, it was a spiritual recovery retreat. It was beautiful. We do the same thing here. We do the same thing. We're getting ready to do a retreat on uh, the day after Thanksgiving. We call it a spiritual feast where Mm -hmm. we bring the patients in all day here, actually, at the church. And we're doing um, a labyrinth in one group. Another group we're going to be doing creative writing and journaling. And another group we're going to be doing um, drumming. And then another group, we're going to be doing the soul collage process. So, and every patient will go from group to group. Um, and then we'll go outside for a little um, free time and we'll eat together, have breakfast and lunch together, and, and about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's, just a good, it's good to get, um, you know, kind of remove yourself from every day and just kind of retreat to, um, you know, kind of close the outer world off and give yourself time to to like i call it feeding our spirit. You know, there's that wonderful story about the two wolves that are fighting within us. You know, some call it the evil wolf and the good wolf. I call it my addict wolf and my spiritual wolf. And who is going to win the fight? The wolf that's fed. We need to feed our spirit. So, retreat's a wonderful way to feed spirit.
0: That's great, and I know, as you say, you, you know, yours are, uh, the ones you're talking about are uh, sponsored by Karen, that you uh, are your spiritual director, and just want the people in listening to know that there are all kinds of spiritual retreats, and there sometimes are. people in 12-step programs will have a, a retreat that go off and do a journaling or a four-step retreat or whatever, yes. a spiritual retreat. We so, have
2: those locally, and you can Google that. You? We have those locally, and yes. And um, we have uh, actually a retreat center here that holds different spiritual retreats. So it doesn't necessarily have to be through a treatment center or a church. Um, There's a lot of opportunities for that. There are churches that open their doors and, you know, for people who aren't necessarily members for retreats. So there's a lot of different avenues for that.
0: Right. And like you're saying, it's that that idea of getting away and feeding your spirit. Yes. That's important.
2: It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because we're going to be led by that. The, you know what we're feeding, and you know sometimes when we're not even aware, but we're feeding that addict. Wolf when we're unwilling or judgmental or unforgiving, or that feeds that addict. We're always going to have that wolf, but we're, our our spiritual wolf can direct us if we feed it.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's wonderful. It's our time's just about up. But mm-hmm. um, what would you share with us your final word of wisdom here today about finding spirit in the everyday?
2: You know, I guess mine would just be just to, you know, allow yourself the opportunity, you know, open your mind to know that God is always present, Spirit is always present, that um, that there is a beautiful relationship opportunity for you. Just say, yes, I want to have it, you know, and just, you know, pray to be open. I always like to say to you, you don't have to know what you're praying to just to pray. You can just say, I want to know you more. Help me to know you. Just that is a beautiful opening. And just know that we are here lovingly supporting you. We don't have to know who you are to support you. My prayer is always for our recovery community. and um, And to you know, to know that there is love all around you and to just Yeah, yeah. to look. Look for it. It's
0: there. Wow. Thank you, Lori. You you are such a loving spirit, and um, you're definitely uh, one of those messages from God that we're all loved. So thank you so much for. I am so grateful.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Such a blessing for me.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being here, and thanks for what you're doing and for who you are. Absolutely. The listeners, thank you for being here with us today. So glad you're uh, with us here on Spirit of Recovery. You have a wonderful week and find God everywhere in your life. And we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. God bless.
1: Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org.